0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. Highmark Church launched on January 27th of 2019. Uh, there were 50 people that kind of went all in and said, "Hey, we're in this, we'll help start the church. We'll set aside kind of what we think, and, and, and we'll give of our time and we'll give of our finances and we'll give of, uh, of, of ourselves to see this church happen." And a year ago, uh, we had our first service. We had 236 people that were here that first Sunday, and that was awesome. Come on, yeah, we could, I, mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of clapping today.) So like, if you feel like, do I clap? Do I not? You know, by the end you might be tired of clapping. You're like, this is ridiculous. So, um, but like, hey, let's just have some fun today. And I love that. Uh, over the next eight weeks, as we launched the church, it snowed almost every Sunday or Saturday. There was ice. There was rain. And uh, one weekend, I went to the store, and I I finally realized that us in Indiana, I know what happens. We don't come to church when it's snowy or cold or rainy or icy. Outside we get nervous. We get nervous and we go to the store and we buy milk and we buy bread and we go home and we just eat milk and bread. That's what I've decided happens in Indiana because I went and the shelves were bare. There was nothing there. And uh, and so uh, as the church kind of settled, and we, because on our launch Sunday we had so many people here helping and well-wishing and excited for us, uh, we over the next eight weeks we grew the church to about 120 people. So God was like blessing it, you know, and maybe going the wrong way. Okay, but that's a, that's natural. That's part of it, and I'm excited just all that God's doing. And as we uh, dive into today's message today, I'm just I want to say I'm proud of this church. Uh, and that's, I'm proud of what God is doing in this church. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what he's building in his church. And we have five values that we talk about pretty uh, regularly here at Highmark. And they're on the banners that, as you walked into the auditorium, they're, they're uh, on the side there. And as you walked in, they're, they're intentional values because... I feel like as a church, we do our best, and we over this year we 've tried to embody these values, and I think we have. I, I want to just take a minute and look back and celebrate the things that God has done as we 've embodied the, these values because we really value keeping Jesus at the center of what we 're doing it 's not about any one person it 's not about uh, us it 's about jesus it 's about what he does you see i can 't change your mind i can 't change your heart, but Jesus can i can 't bring healing to your life, but jesus can we're here as a church to just point to him, to lift him up, to point our community and every person in our community to him. And so as a church, we've just always been intentional to say, listen, we want to keep Jesus at the center. In every service, we just have, we've made an opportunity for people to follow Jesus. And 79 people have made a decision this year to follow Jesus. I love that. I love that. And as We also say, hey, we want to pursue the presence of God, that we're not just sitting back and we're just like, well, okay, let's see what happens, but that there's an eagerness that we should carry, that we want to pursue on the weekends when we come to worship together, pursue what God has for us. We saw this this year 93% growth in our weekly attendance. Our largest Sunday, we had 206 people on Easter Sunday. I love that, and we can celebrate that. Yeah, that's so cool. We're real people. Another value is that, hey, we're real people. We're just on a journey together. We're trying to figure it out. I usually say that when something goes wrong. Like, you know, we're real people. Like, that broke or this fell over this morning and uh, we forgot to set that up or something. You know, it's just portable church and setting up in a school. That happens sometimes. But I love that in community, we're seeing real life. We're doing real life with one another and we're building life. Uh, we're, we're growing and serving together uh, through life groups and life teams. We had 82 people that were joined a life group and participated. In a life group over this past year, we had 73 people on a life team serving every week uh, to uh, make this church happen, uh, served as you drive in, as you uh, uh, walk through the doors. Through the coffee, everything that happens, we have a team of people in our life team that have been making that happen. I love that, and the cool thing that just has materialized over this past year is that we have a big vision as a church we 're not here just to say hey let 's sit back and be entertained, but we want to do something. we want to make a difference for the kingdom of God. so we have a big vision and it 's local but it 's also global. We want to make an impact on this world and so this year uh, we were able to support missionaries through our global project. We want, to, we want to monthly be able to support more ministries and missionaries. And this year, we were able to give away $3,000 to those ministries and missionaries all around the world. I love that. And on Easter, yeah, you can keep clapping. I'm just gonna keep talking, though. Uh, Easter Sunday, we took a one-time offering just to support uh, and feed kids all around the world through Convoy of Hope, who's there to meet needs and, and disaster moments and, and, and relief, and we took a one-time time offering, $500 came in for that. We were able to send all of that out to them and support them. And we have a value too that live generously. So even through that, what we I just described in Global Project, we want to live generously. And uh, here at the end of the year, we did a miracle offering that we were good. We just set a goal of $8,000. We wanted to give away a 100% of what came in. And uh, with that and what we were able to do through Global Project that this year, the generosity of our church, we gave $11,506 away this year. Like it came in and we sent it and we supported other ministries and things that God is doing both here in our community and around the world. And I love that. I think it's worth celebrating and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for what God has done. It's not us, it's God. It's what he is at work. And I think that that should give us more, that we don't look back saying, okay, man, that's awesome. But we look at that and say, man that's exciting to reflect and look on that because it points to our future. It points to what God is going to do. It points to how He is speaking into all of our lives, and that uh, as as God uh, is at work, my excitement grows for what God has ahead for Highmark Church and what he has ahead for your life. And I believe today that as we look and we talk about the vision of Highmark Church, I pray that today God is going to speak a vision to you. You may not even understand that or think about it like that, that God has an individual vision for you. You see, we can all have a collective vision, a corporate vision, a church vision that we're pursuing and we're doing this together, but I believe and I know and I see in God's word that he uh, he has a vision for each and every one of us. He has a vision for your life, something that you can grab hold of, and I pray that as you're part of Highmark Church, as God speaks to you, as you grow closer to him, that you get a glimpse and you get pictures of what that vision is, that you are able to see it. And then grab hold of it. That you're able to say, I want more of it. And, and I want to see God's plan and start to live that out. And I pray that as today, as I talk about the vision of Highmark Church, that God would inspire you, that he'll speak to you, that his Holy Spirit would just show you and maybe just uh, give you that uh, personal vision that uh, he has for your life. And I want to I talk and point to a scripture this morning in the Old Testament and actually the book of Genesis where a guy by the name of Jacob, Got a vision from God. God literally gave him a vision in a dream, and he had an encounter with God. Now, that set it up a little bit ahead of what happens before he gets this vision. Is Jacob was a little bit of a liar and a schemer. He was a little bit of a guy that was uh, just trying to get his way and get ahead. He actually tricked his his father in giving him the the father the the, the Generational blessing from uh, his family. Uh, instead of giving it to his older brother, which is who was the who had the birthright and it should have gone to him, he actually tricked his father, who was blind, into thinking that he was his brother, and that that his father should bless him. And his father did. And the way that it worked is that God's blessing imparted uh, through his father to Jacob, and Esau was his older brother. Esau was furious. He was angry. He was out hunting. And, and Jacob, while he was out, stole his blessing and his birthright. And he came back and he was furious. And he, he actually set out to kill his brother. Sounds like a little bit of a harsh family situation. I don't know what your family situation is, like, but I, I'm, I'm believing and I'm praying it's not like that. But what happened is that Jacob actually took off. He left because he was fearing for his life, and he's really in distress, and in Genesis chapter 28, we see that he kind of ran out into the wilderness and he actually had to sleep outside. Here's what it says in Genesis 28. We're going to read verses 11 through 21. And as always, you can follow along in the Bible app on the events page. You can follow all of my notes and scriptures. We'll also have everything on the screen with you today. But it says this, At sundown, he, Jacob, arrived at a good place to set up camp, and he stopped there for the night. And Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. Man, I thought my pillow was hard, okay? Come on, this guy's sleeping on a stone. Like, he is in a dark, dark place. You might have got a bad night's sleep last night, but I'm, I'm, I know you did not sleep with your head on a stone last night. So, okay, so listen, your best days, are you're living them right now, because Jacob was in a dark place, and he had his head on a stone. Look at that, that's where my mind goes when I read that, right there. And it says, as he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from, uh, from the earth, To heaven. God gave him a vision right here. That's what's happening. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. And at the top of the stairway stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth, and they will spread out in all directions to, uh, to the west and to the east and to the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What a vision God's giving him, and he's following it up with this vision that it's a promise. And what's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I've promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not even aware of it, but he was also afraid and he said, what an awesome place this is. It's none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. And the next morning, Jacob got up very early and he took the stone that he had his head against and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. So maybe there was a purpose in that stone, okay? Besides to sleep as a pillow at night. Uh, then he poured olive oil over it and he named that place Bethel. And Bethel actually means the house of God. And although it was previously called Lutz, that's what he called it. He called it Bethel. And then Jacob made this vow. If God will indeed be with me and he will protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. I love this because God gave Jacob a vision and a dream. And let me tell you, God has a vision and a dream that's specific for you. He wants you to grab hold of it. You might not have had the moment like Jacob had. Maybe you have, but maybe you haven't had the moment where like Jacob's had. But it's a powerful moment and a powerful thing to understand that God has a vision for every one of our lives. That he is uh, in moments of even our distress and that even moments of our Uh, desperation that God will speak to us and that he has a vision. I love that. Jacob here is actually, I would say, pretty far from God, and God meets him right there. He kind of shows up and gives him a picture and a glimpse of the future. He's in distress. He's running for his life. He's discouraged, I'm sure. He's in desperation, and God gives him a vision. Man, man, I love that. He's not at the top of his game. He's not like the most holy in the most holy of the moments that he ever had of his life. He's not in church in that moment. He didn't have it all together, but God gave him a vision. Let me tell you, you might be here today and you might say, Don, I, I could hardly even fathom the fact that God has a vision for my life. Actually, I do a lot of things that I've God's probably not happy about. Let me tell you, God has a vision for your life and he wants you to know it. He wants you to understand it and he wants you to live it out. And it just, it just has, we have to catch a glimpse of it and then we have to take an action step towards it. And that's what I want to talk about today. And I want us to just be reminded of a couple things from this story that we can grab hold of when it comes to vision. And that's this, that godly vision, it isn't limited by our strength. Jacob, he didn't have it together. It wasn't contingent upon what he was doing, but it was the, the strength of God. So God's vision for your life isn't dependent on your power and your strength. The ceiling of what God can do and the potential that he has in your life isn't based on your, your strength. It's not based on your power. It's not based on how good you are. It's based on how good God is. It's based on his power and it's based on his strength. And I think the reality is that we at times just get focused on the wrong things. We get zeroed in on the things that we're doing wrong, the weaknesses that we have, the things that we can't grab a hold of, the ways that we failed, and we actually dwell on those things. If you're anything like me, it might not just be in the area of faith, but it could be in another area of your life where you're like, man, I, I really blew it in that, in that relationship. I really blew it with that coworker, or I really blew it, I did this wrong. And you can almost get so worked up, or you could dwell on those things. And I think that's what happens sometimes in our life, that we dwell on the wrong things. We let worry then overtake. We let fear overtake. We let anxiety overtake take because we just get so worked up and so focused on the wrong things because we think that it's our strength and we forget that it's God's vision that he's given us and it's his strength that he's bringing to us. And that's what he has for all of us. You, here's what I want you to get. I want this to land with you this morning. When, when we think about God's vision isn't limited to, by our strength, I want you to remember that the vision that God has for you isn't about where you're at, it's about where he wants you to be. It's not about the, the current spot that you're in. It's about where he's taking you. And it's about the future. The vision that God has for Highmark Church isn't about what happened already or where we're at today. It's about what he's got for us in the future. And it's not about our strength. It's about his strength working through us. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so glad that I can, I can put it in his hands and say, God, I'm not enough. I need you. And you're right. We're not enough. We don't have the power to do that. It's the strength of Jesus. That's exactly why God sent Jesus to this earth. He knew that we weren't enough. He knew that we weren't holy enough. He knew that we wouldn't have it together. We couldn't make the right decisions. He knew that we would have sin in our life, but that we could lay that all down and that we could give it over to him through the blood, and through the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus walked this earth. He walked it holy and righteous. And he came with a purpose. He came with a purpose so that you could see the vision that God has for your life. So that you could be free of condemnation. So that you could be free of the wrong feelings and the worry and the anxiety and the fear and the feelings of I'm not enough. And that you could step into that vision and the potential that God has for you. I love that. You see, it's never about, where you're at. It's about where God wants you to be and where he's taking you. And I love that. It's not about how strong you are. It's about how willing you are. I love that Jacob, when he woke up, he had a willing heart. He had a willing heart. As we read in Genesis 28, he just said, woke up and he realized, like, surely God was here and God is doing something. He kind of had an awakening moment right there. I love that. I love that he had an awakening moment that, that God was like, he realized God was speaking to him. Maybe that moment for you is just today in the service that God's like waking you up and you're saying, man, I never really thought about it like that. And that's not my words, that's God's Holy Spirit speaking to your heart right now and you're just, you're realizing, man, God does have a destiny for me. He does have a purpose and I just have to have a willing heart. I don't have to figure it all out. I just have to be, be willing to go after what he has uh, for me and, and realize it's, I'm not limited uh, by my own strength. I think we got to remember that. The other thing we got to remember is this that godly vision isn't accomplished alone. I love that when God gave him a vision, it was through generations and through his family. God gave Jacob a promise here, and he gave him a vision because he believed that uh, God was going to speak to him. He believed that God had more for him. He believed that he could grab hold of it. And we see that God's promise. His vision for Jacob's life was going to flow through a lot of other people as well. That we're going to see how his family would follow God. That Jacob was called to lead that, but that his family would follow God. And uh, he would work through generations, and God had a promise and a land. And God's vision is never accomplished alone in our life. It's never. It's, it's actually through relationships. It's, it's God working through, uh, through people around us. And I think that we can be mistaken sometimes to think, okay, we kind of go self-help or we go, you know what? I got to find this within me or I got to do this on my own. But the reality is that your faith and growing closer to God, you were never designed to do life alone. Actually, in Genesis, when God created man, he realized that man was not supposed to be alone. We talk about that in terms of Adam and Eve and the marriage that God formed. But I believe that's, that's a principle that applies to every relationship in our life that God didn't design us to pursue his presence, pursue his vision for our life and the potential that he has for our life. He didn't ever intend for you to do that alone. He actually intended for you to do it inside of community, inside of people that are coming alongside of you, cheerleading you on. And that's why we talk about our life groups and our life teams. That's why we celebrate the number of people that are in community, in connection, because I feel like when we're in rows like this, we can get to know God a little bit better. But I feel like when we're in circle, uh, when we're in a community and we're in relationship, uh, we have a chance to really encourage and know God at another level right there. And we can, we can cheerlead each other on. And so that's why being in community, listen, the godly vision that, uh, that God has for your life isn't going to be accomplished on your own. You need people alongside you that are cheerleading. That's the purpose of God's church. That's what God is doing through his church. That's the way that he's designed his house. And that's why we're all in. And that's why this series that we've kind of been this month going through, and if you've missed any of the weeks, I'd encourage you to go back and listen. Is talking about our heart for God's house, that we want to build God's house because it's his people. He's working through his people. And that's because it's, uh, his vision isn't accomplished alone you can 't grab the vision God has given you without people around to help you just don 't forget that. get some people that are in your that are in your court that are that are on your bench, so to speak they 're cheerleading you're they 're calling you up they 're encouraging you and Jacob woke up from this vision right here and he knew that God was his strength he knew that uh, he realized that God was in this place, that God was gonna work through him and through multiple generations. He couldn't do it alone. And I love that he responded. And he responded with a commitment. And that if you don't get anything else today, when it comes to the godly vision in your life, the Bible and the scripture says right there in Genesis chapter 28 that he woke up, he realized that God was in this place, and then it says that he made a vow. And a vow is really just a commitment. It's a commitment and it's a deep commitment. It's it's a, it's a, a pledge, if you will, to say I'm doing this or I'm all in. We talk about vows when it comes to marriage a lot of times, but a vow is, is plain and simple just a, a sincere commitment And it says that Jacob woke up, he had the vision, and he responded with a vow. And let me tell you, whenever God gives you a vision and you start to realize it, you start to realize that he has a vision for your life, that our response is that we just have to make a vow before God to pursue that. And every vision needs a vow. It does. We see that laid out right here in scripture, that our commitment that just follows that up, that... Uh, The vision that God has for our life, that maybe sometimes that commitment is we need to do some things differently. Maybe we need to change some of the people that we're hanging out with. Maybe we need to uh, apologize for some past hurts in relationships. Maybe we need to uh, just make amends with family and and people that we've had strife with in our life. Maybe God is saying, listen, I need, I need you to make a commitment to follow me and, and make it sincere and deep. And, and I just see right here that Jacob was preparing himself. He had to prepare himself. And I think there's something that we have to do is just be willing and, and willing and open to prepare ourselves for what God has to step into that. And We see in the next few chapters as Jacob's life unfolds, God's vision starts to happen. We see him take land and establish family, and and it wasn't perfect all the time, but God worked through him all throughout, all the way throughout it. We see that that's how it happened, and if you follow Jacob's life and his story, we actually get to Genesis chapter 35, and I think this is a word for our church this year. This is what it says, and God, again, he kind of in a miraculous moment, he gets a hold of Jacob and speaks to him, and this is what it says in Genesis 35, just a several chapters later, a lot of years have passed. He's married, he's, he's built really and stepped into God's promise. And this is what it says. It says, then God said to Jacob, So get ready and move to Bethel and settle there. Listen, in chapter 28, God said, I'm going to bring you back here. And in Genesis 35, God says, get ready and go back there. Move back to the place right here. Bethel, and settled there. And he says, build an altar to God who appeared to you when you fled your brother Esau. And so Jacob told everyone in his household, get rid of all your pagan idols, purify yourselves, put on clean clothing. You see, they weren't perfect. Uh, We're going uh, to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God who answered my prayers when when I was in distress. And he's been with me wherever I have gone. Listen, God's gonna be with you throughout the vision that you're stepping into. He's not gonna leave you. And I think the vision that God has for Highmark Church in 2020 is right found in just the beginning part of those verses right there because God just reminded Jacob, get ready, get ready. And I believe that what God has for us is us, we just have to be ready for what he's gonna do. That God is just saying, listen, get ready for the vision I have for your life. And I pray that maybe it's a personal vision that you're gonna step into this year. Maybe it's a word that today I can just speak over you and say, listen, God's saying, listen, get ready for what he's gonna do in your life. Get ready for the more that he has. Get ready for the things that he's gonna do. Get ready because he has a vision and he has a promise for you. Get ready because God's gonna grow you. Get ready because God's gonna revive or restore you your marriage. Get ready because God's going to bring healing to your life. He's going to bring healing and wholeness to you. Uh, get ready because God's going to give you a breakthrough in your life. Get ready because God's going to bless your family. Get ready because you're going to walk through some things that are going to be really hard. They might be difficult, but you're going to realize that you're not doing it alone, that Jesus is by your side. Get ready because God is going to use you to make a difference in this world. And that's the word that I just think, listen, for us as a church, let's get ready in in 2020. Let's get ready for all that God has. Come on, let's give him praise today because God is speaking to us and he has more for us. So, Man, see I'm getting fired out. I about to knock the table over right there. It's getting real in this place because we're real people, okay? Listen, I believe God's wanting us to just get ready for what he's going to do. That's that's uh, that's the thing. It's just like Jacob. We just need to be ready. We just need to make ourselves. We we need to be committed. We need to be all in. We need to we need to pursue the vision. But we just got to be ready for what he has. So I want to just share a few things that are on my heart for this year, where I want to see Highmark Church grow. I want to see us. Uh, get more ground for the kingdom of God. I want to see us make a difference in our world and in our community. I want to see us to make a difference in in Fishers and, and Indianapolis and in Indiana and in our nation. I want to see us to make a difference and partner with ministries all over the world to make a difference globally. So I believe as we get ready that this year God is going to help us to reach uh, 250 people that will make a decision to follow Jesus this year. Let's believe that and let's get ready for that this year. God started something uh, in our church at the end of the year in our generosity as we gave. And I believe God's calling us to go all in. We were talking about bringing the kingdom of heaven near, that our job is not to sit back and, okay, one day I'm going to get to eternity, but no, we're here to grab it now, and that we have the opportunity to bring heaven to earth right now, and that God's calling us to be part of building his kingdom. And I love the generosity of our church, but I feel like God is calling us to build his kingdom, and we're going to launch something, and we'll talk more about it next month. Uh, but Kingdom Builders is something we're gonna launch this year and Kingdom Builders is, it has the sole purpose of just building the kingdom of God by investing in global ministries, local ministries and our future generations and we wanna make an impact and a difference in this world so we're gonna lead with generosity and we're gonna give away in 2020 more money than we've ever given away. We're, I'm believing that God is gonna help us and empower us to give away $35,000 this year through kingdom builders, as we make a difference for the kingdom of God. The other thing, and this is global as well. Let's get ready because in 2020, we're going mobile. We're not here to sit back, but we're going and we're going to launch our first global team. And we're going to Nicaragua July 10th through the 18th. And we're going to go on a missions trip to make a difference and feed kids that are hungry and hurting and the poorest of the poor and, and bring them the love and the message of Jesus. And uh, we're going to have an info meeting in two weeks. And I would invite you if, you, if this kind of sparks an interest in you, we're going with or without you, whether you respond to God's call. But maybe God is going to call you, and you're like, "I want to go and be a part of this." But in 2020, we're going to go to Nicaragua, and we're going to go make a difference for the kingdom of God. And I love that. I love that God has given us a vision, and we just got to get ready for it. We got to get ready for what He's building and what He's doing. We just got to get ready for the things that God is going to speak to us this year, the way that He's going to grow us, and He's going to challenge us. We just have. Have to be open and ready for it and say God, I'm available. I'm making a vow to be all in because I want not my vision for our life I want your vision. Yeah. God's building this house. This is a church. I don't know if you guys ever grew up playing with Legos but I did and most of my kids did and I brought some Legos this morning. I don't know Legos I always loved playing with them and you either built with them maybe. When you were younger or you stepped on them as a parent, anybody with me? Come on. My kids, like, they, I think they whittled them into little shivs sometimes, you know, the little splinters that just shot right into my foot, and I'd die. I'd, like, step on those, walk into their room. And I remember Andrew was, he was really into Legos when he was real young. And one time he'd just leave them all out in his room, and I went in there in his dark. And I thought, you know, you would have thought I was walking over fire because I was, ow, ow and just panicked, ouch, painful. But I remember, like, building with Legos, and I loved building with Legos as a kid. And I always had random Legos, and I'd open up the bin and toss out some of the pieces and think, man, you know what? I'm going to build a house, and I'm going to build a house here, and I'm going I'm to just start creating. And I'd have a grand vision in my mind of the house that I wanted to build and realize that I maybe didn't have all the pieces, and so I would always end up building a house like you've never seen. It was usually the most atrocious looking house. Listen, it was not featured on HGTV, okay? It, no one ever thought like, okay, is that a satellite dish on the top or what, you know? I, I always had these random pieces, and uh, but I always kind of started off with this grand picture in my mind of what I could build and what could be. And I I realize sometimes that when God is building his house, uh, it starts to take shape, and that's exciting, and we start to see it. But I'm reminded that. Uh, and honestly, my parents, God bless them, they would see things like this. They would see this. And, and now I would look at it and be like, what in the world did I create? But my parents would just rave about it, like how great that is. And, and maybe you've done that with your kids as well. You just like affirm them and you're like, that's so amazing and so awesome. But behind the scenes, you're as a couple, you're like, I think we need to maybe get some stuff checked out or something. <laughs> you know, we need to see what's, what, what's going on right there. But I love, I love that. I think sometimes we can think, when it comes to building a church and building God's house, we can think that it's, we're just here to build the pieces and we're here to pull it together, but that's the wrong thing. You see, the thing is, is we're not the builders, God's the builders. We're just, we just have to be willing. We just, you gotta realize, you see, we're the pieces. And that when we surrender and we put it in God's hands, then here we go, when God starts building his house, It really looks like a house. This is gonna be on HDTV. Like, you look, like, this looks legit as a house. This, hey, you tried, Don, bless your heart, okay? But this, come on, this is a house. And I think what we have to realize is that. We're not here trying to pull it all together and build the pieces and make it happen. No, we're here just to be the pieces and say, God, here I am. And God, begin to assemble it. And I think one thing is I've learned over this past year and I've just seen in this church is that God has brought every piece we've needed at every time and every season and the right people that said, I see the vision of what God is doing and I'm going to build this church. I'm going to be part of it. And they've said, I'm in. And they've just been available and willing to be a piece used by God. And I want to remind you that when it comes to the vision that God has for your life, or God has for Highmark Church, our our part is just to get ready and be willing to be a piece used by him. God is the builder of the church. He's gonna build it better than we could ever dream. He's gonna do things and see the and see it in a much different way than we could ever even fathom in our own mind. And it's gonna look much better if we put it in, in his hands and we say, God, here I am. I'm just a piece. I'm just an important piece in building the kingdom of God. And I want you to get that today. You are an important piece to building the kingdom of God. Without you, someone is not going to be reached. We're not going to make as big of a difference. We're not going to make an impact because you are an important piece of what God is doing through this house of Highmark Church and through, the, and through the Capital C Church and how he wants to make a difference. And our job is just to be ready and be open and say, God, here I am. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.